Okay, a good work, Kum Lenin of Lakimara, Matsay Shabbos Kadish, Parshas, Bahaloisha. We are up to the Memches of Allah, we'll start from the very top of the page. Okay, so our Papa has a series of questions that he asks. Next question. So, boy, the Papa, the Papa asks a question. We, he goes back and forth between the laws of Mincha when it comes to Kmitza, when you scoop your three fingers worth of the of the flower offering, and he also talks about the Chafina, what the Kohen Gadol does when uh, with the Ketodos, the incense on Yom Kippur, the special <laughs> extra incense that he has to do. So what happens if Dovke Lekoimitz Bedoifna Demana, he took the Koimitz, he's supposed to put it, he, he puts the three fingers in and he, and he, he scoops out the Kmitza, and then he puts it into another vessel, another Kleisharis. And what he did was he attached it to the side of the wall. And the question is, is that valid? My, do we say, we need it inside the vessel? Well, you could attack is that it's inside the confines of the walls of the vessel. We need it to be placed inside the correct way. And the correct way is to be in the bottom of the Kali. But we don't have that. So therefore, Teku, it remains with the question as well. Boy, Marbalabashi, we jump a few generations. Sorry? The son of Mar, the son of Abashi, asks the question as well. What about if Afchelamana, he takes this vessel, he turns it upside down, and the Dovke Lekoimitz Ba'arisa de Mani, turns the vessel upside down, but the bottom of the vessel has a rim as well. It's not the way ideal way of using this vessel, but it has a rim. So he puts the kmitza inside on top of the bottom of the vessel, and it has walls around it. So he put it on the, on the floor of the vessel, but it's not really the normal way of doing it. Is mahu? Do we say hanocha betoychay It has to be inside the confines of a wall. It is ideal mahanocha kitikna binim. We needed that the hanocha should be done the correct way. The lekka you don't have that teku. Remain with the question as well. Okay, now we continue. Boy, that papa, that papa had a question. We say that the Koyan Godel has to take two fistfuls. And he brings it, you know, he has his hands together. He takes two fistfuls of the incense. And he brings it in, he puts it in the ladle. And then we said that the ladle, we had a discussion yesterday, we'll discuss it um, soon. He takes the ladle and brings it inside the Koyan Kadoshim, And he perhaps... Either he puts it directly onto the coal and the shovel of the coal, or he puts it back into his two hands. And the question is, when we say that every coin, depending on the size of the hands, that's how much incense you place inside. So the question is, mechukis agedushis. Did you smooth it out so it should be like like you know straight line or level, agedushis, or is it piled up? You know, you, you pile it up as long as it's it's, it's being protected by your hands, even though it's piled up higher and higher, it's good enough. Neither. Tashma, we learned in the Ebrisa, come in here. We say it has to be the fistfuls of the Kohen Gadol. It doesn't have to be smooth. It shouldn't be piled up too high. It's floating on top. It's a little bit more than, you know, it's not exactly level. It's a bit raised above that. Okay, we're up to the Memches. I'm going to 10 lines on the top of the page. Tanan Hasam. We learned over there. Um, so the Gemara brings an interesting thing. And the Gemara brings here a little hakdama. What happens, okay, when you shecht an animal, there's a number of activities. So first the shechita is the first activity, and then you have to have a receptacle to receive the blood, which we call Kabbalah. 
and then you need and the blood has to it's the first blood that dam that comes the dam shahanefish toloboy when you shech the animal the blood that squirts out that's where the nefesh is and that has to fall directly into a keli and then you transport that keli to the mezbech which we know call it hailacha and then you you spray it onto the mezbech which we call zrika so what happens if What happens if the blood, when it spurted out from the animal's neck, it first landed on the floor? The question is, can you collect the blood and put it in the vessel afterwards, or is it too late? But as we gather together, possible, it's possible, because it has to go directly from the neck into this utensil. What happens if after, okay, it went straight from the neck into this vessel, but then the, the vessel turned over or something, and it spilled out from the vessel to the ground. But also when they collected it, kosher is kosher. That's all right, because what the main criteria is that the blood should go from the neck straight into the keli. How do you know that? How do you know that it has to go straight from the neck into the keli, can't land on the floor and then collect it? Because the Tony Rabona, we learned, it says in the Pasik, it says that the coin, the anointed coin, the lokach, he should take me dam hapar. If you read it literally, it means from the blood of the ox, which means it's not, you don't have to have all the blood. You just need to have some of the blood. And so, so this is what the Brisa says. Midam hanefesh, which blood do we want that the koyin should take in this receptacle? The blood that has the nefesh inside it. Those are blood that squirts out as soon as you shech. Or not when you make a little incision in the skin before you did the full shchita, before you cut through the trachea and the esophagus, before you did that, a little bit of blood comes coming out, that runs out. That's not the blood we're talking about. Nor nor the blood after the original squirt, it continues flowing. That's not the blood we're talking about. And then we continue. What we're going to do is we're going to take the, the, the mem from midam and we're going to put it added to the word mahapar. So instead of reading midam hapar from the blood of this of this ox, we're going to say dam mehapar, blood from the ox. Dam mehapar yikablanu. That means that the blood has to come directly from the ox to be called kabbalah. It has to go straight when you shecht it into this vessel. If you're going to say midam hapar. Yeah. What, what gives Chazal the, the right to play with the words of the Torah in that way. I mean, we got lots of examples of them changing words or, or, or swapping words. I mean, who gives them the right to do that? And the, what's the principle that gives them that right? We had it a few times. We will have it a few times. It's called, <laughs> as we'll see in a minute, where they take off from one word and they add it to another word. And, um, and they, they have to have a reason why they're doing it, as we'll see in a minute why they're doing it here. We do have another concept, which is called, you cannot take a knife and cut up the words and completely contradict it's what it says there before. So sometimes we do go in the massif and we take off from one word and we add to another, and sometimes we don't. So we need to have some hechrich, either a Kabbalah they have, you know, going back to Moshe Rabbein, or like over here it says, if you're gonna learn the other way around, so there's two ways of learning. Either to learn it means some of the blood of the animal, if you take it literally, or if we do it in our method, we're gonna say blood from the cow, which means that the blood has to go directly from the cow into this vessel. Now, what's wrong with learning it literally? Says the Gemara, if you learn literally, if you're gonna say it means literally, that as long as some of the blood entered, that's good enough. I didn't have you to say, when you receive the blood, 
It's not sufficient just to have some of the blood. You need to have all the blood of the par. And Shanema says, there's another Pasik where it says, all the, the blood from this par is you should pour down the Yisoyed Mizbech. So one Pasik tells us clearly you need all the blood. But there's another part that says midamapar from the blood, as if to say only some of the blood. So therefore, we have no choice but to use that methodology called goyinimasifin elishmamino. So therefore, we give, it gives us no choice, but we have to learn my midamapar. Take off the mem. We'll and add it to the hapar dam mehapar yekablano, and we learn from there that the blood has to go directly from the shchita into this utensil. The one the blood that squirts out and we hold goyin umaisifin vidoshin. We hold that we take off and we and we add on. Okay, so now the Gemara says, so boy, a papa, this is a lead into his question. A papa has a question. What about, okay, we talked about blood. That if it falls down straight to the ground, it's no good. So let me ask a question. What about nispazer haktoidis? What about if some of the ktoidis, some of these spices that is scattered around from his hand, some of them went blowing away? Mao. What is the din in this case? And um, so he had his full hands over there, you know, put, put together. And some of the things blew away. What happens? Can he go and pick it up from the ground or not? And what's the question? We learned clearly that if it came straight from the neck, it has to go into a keli. But once it's in a keli and falls to the ground, okay. then you can pick it up. And the question is, how do we view your hands? Because the way we did it was, we, um, he took, um, he, he takes it in his hands. And then he puts it into a ladle. The question is as follows. Gemara explain. Do we say the hand, that is the keli? You know, the Torah said clearly when it comes to a Kohen God, Yom Kippur, the hands is tantamount to putting it into a keli. So therefore, as long as the as the, the, the Torah landed in the hands, then we don't care if it blows away afterwards. You can go collect it and pick it up. Is that what we say? Or do we say, no, since you're going to put it into a ladle afterwards, there's two steps here. Usually it's only one step, right? From the neck of the animal straight into keli. Here you go with the traders, you put into the into the hands, and then from the hands, you put it into a ladle. So how do we view the hands? Do we say the hand is already considered kleisharis? So if it falls down afterwards, pick it up, no problem. Or do we say the ladle is a kleisharis and the hand is just a medium to get there? Now, what's the question? Because if you remember, we learned a few days ago, the only reason why we need a ladle is because we have no choice. Not because the Torah insists on having a label, but just didn't have a choice. How else can you manage to bring in the Torahs and the, and the coal all in one go? Remember, it says the Torahs should go once. You can't go back and forth. So this is the only way that we can do it is by putting it into a ladle. So um, is that therefore turn, turn the ladle into a clay shardis or not? Because it's, the only reason we have it because there's no choice. It's really the hands of the clay shardis. So this is what he asks. Mao, do we say, do we say the hand is merely an extension of the animal? In other words, it's still, you still haven't put it yet in the clay shardis. Upsula, therefore falls on the ground. That's it, you cannot pick it up. Or do we say, your hands, that's the clay shardis. The leipsula, and it is not possible. Teiku. We remain with a question. So now, boy, wrap up another question. What about if chishev the chafin is traders? We learned, we learned the gemara. If let's say that we had two concepts of pigle. Pigle means any leftover from the animal and you eat it uh, outside of the a lot of time, it's called nice of leftover. Pigle is if at the time of the shchita or the time of the zrikas prisking about you had in mind that you will eat it in the wrong time. That's called pigel chutzlesmane, the wrong time. And for that, if you eat it, even if you ate it at the correct time, 
You shouldn't eat it, you're liable. And then we have another kind of pigle, which is you had a mind to eat it in the wrong place. You're supposed to eat it in Yishalayim, you had a mind to eat it outside Yishalayim. You're supposed to eat it in, in Beis English, you had a mind to eat it outside. And the question is, do we have the concept of pigle when it comes to Ketairis, if the Kayin Gadol decided that he was going to, um, when he was scooping up the Ketairis, he had a mind to do the Tid of Ketairis the day after Yom Kippur. Does that render it possible or not? Says a papa, chishev bechafin nektoides ma. What's then? Me, I mean, do we say yalef meloy meloy me mincha? Do we say we use akzeres shavat to learn from from a mincha we had before meloy kumtzai? And over here it says meloy, you know, his hands. So therefore we make akzeres shavat that just like by a mincha mahasam mahanye be machshavat. By a mincha we say that if you had the wrong thought in mind, it's pigul. So hachanami mahanye machshavat. So too here by chafina when it comes to collecting the tiras is the same thing. If the kohen gadol had the wrong thing in mind, it ruins it. the law is that if you touch something, that part becomes tummy, not the rest. But if everything shares one vessel, if, if something is in a vessel and it's a clay sharis, so it made it holy, then if you touch any part of the, the food inside that vessel, everything else becomes tummy at the same time. So Kasal Kadato, so we thought, and he includes Tyrus in that as well. So we thought, now we're talking about a Tvulyayim. A Tvulyayim is somebody who was tummy, went to the Mikveh. And the only thing that this Tvulyayim now has to do is to wait until head of Shemesh, till the sun sets. His level of tumma is like a Shani. Now, when it comes to Chul and ordinary things, a Shani touches it, nothing happens. When it comes to Truma, it passes it. When it comes to Kachim, he makes a tummy. So if a Tvulyayim, touches any of these things which are kachim, they know as if they became kaidish, if they were put in a vessel and it became holy, and if a tvul yayim touches one part of it, the whole thing becomes tummy. So we thought, so we thought, since we say that a tvul yayim passes it, so what does that prove? That proves that the kaidish now became kaidish, all of these things became holy. And 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 therefore apostle namilina. The law is that anything that things are not, if you leave it overnight, it does not become possible. But once you sanctify it, you got to work with it straight away. If you leave it overnight, it's called psulin and becomes possible. So since we say that a tfu yam touches these things once it's inside the keli, it, the entire thing becomes tummy, proves that what that it became kaidish, kaidish and all that became kaidish. So so too, it has a psul of lina. If you leave it overnight, it becomes possible. Umidalina pasla. And if Lina passes it, then surely then the thought of leaving it to, for tomorrow also should render it possible. Why do they call it Levona and not Katiris? Levona is what you put by the Shulchan, the Lechem Apanim. He's giving different examples. He calls this either the Katiris or the Levona. He's giving different examples. Any of these things that if the Tvul Yom happens to touch uh, or, or the Gechom or the Kol, 
because they are put inside a special vessel, so they all became holy, if the Tulyam touches part of it, the whole thing becomes possible because they're Kaidish and the Tulyam possible, you know, metamic Kaidish. So therefore, so therefore we're saying that since now that it becomes Kaidish, it's possible Lina, we think, and possible Lina, then the thought of Lina also passes it. Okay, Papa, another question. The Papa really goes to town over here. What happens if What happens if he thought while he was raking the coals and putting it into the into that shovel, he was thinking the wrong thought? Does it render the Torah's puzzle? Or does it render the two ways of learning? The question regarding the coal itself, does it render the coal puzzle? Coal is only a, prep a, prep a preparatory step. So therefore, is it also a problem because it's not really the carbon itself, it's not the ketoidus itself, or not? Does it ruin the, uh, the ketoidus? Or another way of learning pshat is, does it ruin the coal? Mao, what's the shayla? Do we say machshide mitzvah ke mitzvah dami? Do we say that the preparation of a mitzvah is just like the mitzvah itself? And therefore, just like we said a minute ago, that if you had thoughts during the avoider, the wrong thoughts, it ruins it. So too, when you had the wrong thoughts in the preparation of the mitzvah, ruins it as well. Or perhaps no, or maybe since it's only the, it's not the avoid itself, it's only a step before it's a preparation. You need the coal to be able to burn that incense, and therefore having the wrong thoughts there doesn't matter. <clears throat> now, even though we just learned before, um, we just learned a minute ago, but that it says there one of the things that I mentioned there that Tzvulyam touches it ruins is, was gechal and coal. So what's so just like we answered when it comes to putting it in your hands, that it's possible and Lina is possible. And if Lina is possible, we automatically assume thinking about having the wrong time is possible as well. But not when it comes to coal, because all that the Shainas say, coal is not really avoided. So maybe actual Lina makes it possible. But if you're just thinking about it, so it's a step removed, and it's not really avoided, maybe it doesn't possible. So Teiku, one thing's for sure, Leo's going to be very busy answering all of these questions. Volume and Another question. Hang on, hang on. If 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 the preliminaries of the mitzvah is the same as the mitzvah, then why don't you make a bucha when you build a sukkah? Very good question. The Yerushalmi says clearly that you have to make a bracha when you build a sukkah. In our Gemara, we're going to have in the sect. First of all, we actually have in Rashi and Avchesem and Alvamakis. We will have where Rashi says building a sukkah is actually is a mitzvah. And we have a Mishnah Shavuos about a person makes a shvu about building a sukkah or not. We hold you don't make a bracha because the bracha that you make shechayonu, it's only a preparation. It's, it's called a hechsha mitzvah. And here we're talking about karbonis. And the hechsha mitzvah when it comes to a mitzvah has a different status than a hechsha mitzvah when it comes to karbonis. But there are opinions that hold, it's definitely like the beginning, um, like Alter in, in Kuntzach said, it's the beginning of the mitzvah of sukkah. In, in the laws of Ner Shavuos Kaidish, and Yerushalmi um, says you do make a bracha, so there are Avinezah Paskins you should make a bracha, so there are, there are authorities who hold that it is even by mitzvah. Lamai say the, the mitzvah is to to sit in the leisure basukah. So if you built a sukkah and you didn't sit in it, you didn't do anything. No, they say there's a mitzvah. There's two mitzvahs. One is to build, and one says sukkah tasalacha. Right? It says in the Torah, sukkah tasalacha, which has nothing to do with sitting. There's a mitzvah to build a sukkah. In fact, it says in the, the Paschim, you shouldn't have a guy doing it for you, especially the schach part, because it's a mitzvah putting it on. And you, you shouldn't give a mitzvah away for someone who has no mitzvah. You should do it yourself, or at least pick some of them up and put them down so that you did the mitzvah of sukkah. But what is the bracha? Lasse sukkah. 
those who make a bracha, the Yushalmi says he make a bracha, says last sukkah to make a sukkah. Okay. Boy, next thing. So now we learned in the Gemara as well, we're learning Gemara as well, that all the activities of a coin has to be done with the right hand. In fact, a coin, a lefty, is disqualified for being a coin. That's considered a mum. It has to be right-handed. And all the activities have to be done with the right hand you learn from the Mitzayra. We know that it comes to the Shechita, has to be done with the right hand, and it comes to the Zrika and the Kabbalah. But when it comes to Hailacha, the transporting, the ferrying across the blood, even though it's one of the Avedas, and, and how do we know it's an Avedah? Because it says, they should bring it towards the Mizbech. So we know it's an Avedah. But there, the word Kain is not mentioned. So therefore, uh, the question is, because the word Kain is not mentioned, doesn't matter, um, doesn't matter, first of all, if you can use your left hand in this case. If you carry the left hand, what's it in that? Is it all right or not? He said, We learned in our Mishnah clearly where does the Kayan Gadol, how does the Kayan Gadol transport the Ktairis from outside into the Kaidish Akadashi? We learned clearly he has a ladle in the left hand. Not as a Machta be made, he takes the, the, the Machta, the shovel in the right hand. There's a kapis and the spoon in the left hand. So clearly from here we see that when it comes to transporting whatever it is you're about to bring up, you can use your left hand. Says, well, that's good. But why don't you bring it? There's another source. Why don't you bring the following source? Why don't we bring a source? That's talking about an, an exceptional case. It's not about the Mizbeach. It's in Kodesh Maybe we can argue. Why? There's another source which clearly directly tells us regarding transporting something to the Mizbeach. Now we learned Haregel. Okay, we, we chopped up the, we, we cut up the different parts of the animal. We placed them, we placed them on the ramp, and then from the ramp we bring it up to Rezbech. We had that a while ago. So we learned that now we learned in a Mishnah Haregel. So the, the regel comes with the with the head, the, the right leg. So Haregel show you mean the right foreleg goes together with the head, you cut it in one piece. So this well, so the, the leg itself is in the left side. You take it on your left hand, because the head is on the right side. And the way it works is, is the leg itself, the part that you cut off the leg from the rest of the animal, it's me is to have it sticking out in front of you facing the mezbeh. So you have it facing yourself. You have that part that was cut off facing yourself. And the, and the hide that covers over is facing the outside. So we see clearly from here that they carry things with the left hand. Clearly, you have your left hand. So, because the head was on the right, the right side, and the and the, and the right foreleg was on the left side, says the Gemara. Ima The reason why we didn't bring that as a proof is how I mean, I would have thought. Hani mili over the. When it comes to transporting things which are not essential for the for the for the carbon itself, if it doesn't matter which side you carry, right or left. The kapara. If you didn't bring the limbs on the mizbech, the, the animal is still all right. When it comes to the blood, remember the, the it's pivotal for the carbon, the blood is sprinkling on his back. Maybe when it comes to the to the blood, maybe it's important to use your right hand. Then maybe it's not good enough for the left hand. That's why we bring the, the, the case of the Kippur, which is uh, over there, the Titus is very important, obviously, and we're using the left hand. Okay, then we'll ask a question of that. We'll ask a question of Zayda. So you say that the left hand uh, is all right. We'll ask a question. It says clearly, Zar a Yisra, or a lady, anybody who's not a coin, or Oynan, somebody or a close relative passed away, or a Shikr, somebody who's drunk. 
either like Rashi learns in other places, meet somebody drank wine, and Tasis learns even through any alcohol. Ubalmum, somebody who has a blemish, they're disqualified. All of these four cases are disqualified from carbon. When it comes to receiving the blood, clearly when it comes to transporting the blood as well, and sprinkling, okay, what's the problem? The next part, if the coin decides to sit, and we know that it says that you have to stand and serve Hashem, and they sat, disqualified. It says clearly here, if you use your left hand, and one of the examples, one of the activities was Possible to you, that's a question of Sheshis. So we repudiate of Sheshis. So the Gemara wonders, Rav Sheshis knew this Brysa. So, and, and we know for a fact Rav Sheshis knew this Brysa. And yet, for whatever reason, he wasn't concerned. So what happened here? Says the Gemara, I don't understand. But Rav Sheshis, who knows, Rav Sheshis himself uses Brysa to ask a question on Rav Chizda. So he knew about this Brysa. What's the story there? Rav Sheshis once said to the speaker of Rav Chizda, he said, Boy, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go ask a question for Rav Chizda. Can a Yisrael or a Levi, because they're permitted to shech the animal, can they be the one to transport the blood as well? Ask him that question. Amalei, so Rav Chizda responded, he said, that is kosher. And he said, I'll prove it from a Pasik. It says, by Melech HaYoyosh, in fact, the Torah says the most astonishing thing that he, that they brought a current Pesach in the times of the King Yehosh, which was in the latter years of the first base of Migdash, and there never was a carbon Pesach like that from the times of Yehoshua. Everybody wonders exactly what does that mean? How could it be what hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years they brought Karm Sochim and what happened then? So the simple shot over there is he gave every single year the sheep that they needed. Nobody had to bring their own sheep. He gave hundreds of thousands of sheep to all the Eden, and that was so unique about that Pesach. But why, they, uh, why did they mention the Shikori? They don't mention Shikori. They mentioned this, this qualifications of a coin. Either if he's the wrong person, he's Israel, or if he's drunk, or he has a blemish, a, bem, a, a physical blemish, or he decides to drink. And a Shikor is not allowed to serve in the base of Migdash. So, it's, so he's so Chizah said, I have a posse support me. He says in the posse, they shechted the Pesach, and then it says, the coin then sprinkled the blood, they took the blood from whoever shechted it, which were the Levim, there were so many Kabbalas then, they didn't have enough Koinim, so the Levim shechted it, and the Koinim took the blood to spray it, that means the Levim brought it to the Mizbech to give it to the Koinim, the Koinim standing by the Mizbech to spray, to sprinkle the blood, and they, and, and they brought it to him, who did obviously the Levim, and the Koinim took it from them, so you see clearly from here, that a Zohar can do the Hailacha. That's what Achiza said. Can, can anybody do the Shrita? I thought that uh, it didn't have to be a Koyer, it could be a Yisrael to do the Shrita. Yeah, exactly, but they did more than Shrita. The way Achiza's learning is, they not only did the Shrita, so what happened was, the, the Levi did the Shrita, a coin stood there and with a receptacle and received the blood. The Levi then took that vessel and walked with it because they didn't have enough manpower. He walked with it to the Mizbech brought it to the Koye there who took the blood and sprinkled on his back. So we see clearly from here that Hailacha, the transporting of the blood can be done by someone else mm -hmm. other than the Koye. That's what Avchizah said. 
Halavim, no one had to strip their animals. So Rav Sheikh has asked the question. He wasn't talking about the left hand, he was talking about a Yisrael, but it's the same Braise. It says clearly that a Zor, anybody who's not a Koyin or an Ainin or a Shikor of Amun, the Kabbalah, the Lachazik, Apostle, Apostle, the Chen Yeshiv, Chen Smart, Apostle. So Rav Sheikh knew about this Braise and he used it to attack Rav Chizda. So how come he didn't attack himself? Why did he pass him that you're left handed, you're allowed to um, you know, transport your left hand? Says the Gemara. Basar the Shamba, after he heard it, Hadar Isray. First, he had the opinion about the left hand. Then they brought his Brysa and completely repudiated what he said. Then, once he learned about the Brysa, he used his Brysa against Rab Chizda. Says the Gemara, but Rab Chizda, Rab Chizda brought a Pasik that corroborated his opinion. And says the Gemara, according to the halacha, the avud ma'is itztava. What happened was, the koyin, uh, a lady shechted it, a koyin received the blood, the koyin then walked with the blood to the levim who was standing next to his back and put the vessel in the hand of the lady and was like putting it on a chair. The lady stood still, didn't move, didn't budge, didn't move, but he held it and he waited for the koyin to take the blood and sprinkle on his back. So there was no halacha done by the Yisrael. So that completes today's gemara.